Today's podcast is brought to you by Dell Expert Network. Cyber attacks can destroy businesses, and when data is the driver behind the success of your business, there's nothing more important or worth protecting. Protecting the organization starts with protecting the data, and no one knows this better than Dell Technologies. Join the Dell Expert Network now at www.dell.com forward slash expert network to learn more about how Dell Technologies is partnering with MSPs to offer their broad array of security solutions. You're entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. Exciting stuff to discuss today. What questions should you ask your MSP? I'm talking to customers out there. I'm talking to policymakers who are interested in this whole concept of the MSP customer relationship. And um, I actually, I'm, I took this from a article that I found uh, online and it's uh, relatively recent, maybe a month old or so, but still relevant. And the author asks the questions, uh, asks the question, what should customers ask managed service providers? And I thought, well, this is a really good article, but it, but it could go a couple of ways. Or it, could be, it could be a veiled sales pitch or it could be from an MSP um, themselves. Uh, I don't think that that's, I don't think this person, I didn't look into this person's background. I don't, I don't know if they themselves work for an MSP. I don't know if they're an analyst. I, you know, I, I, it's, it's online. Um, yeah, it's online, therefore I trust it. No, I don't, I don't follow that. But it is online. It's uh, from a uh, um, uh, website called securityintelligence.com. I'll post a link to it. But it got me thinking of this topic of, of selecting, you know, MSP selecting, right? MSP vetting, um, which we've been doing a lot of these types of, uh, you know, articles and podcasts uh, over the last two years about this topic because um, it's a legitimately important topic. Um but this article gets a lot of things right. It gets some things wrong, uh, which I'll talk about. And there are some things that the author takes a unique perspective. But I think it's worth a read because anytime you get to hear other perspectives and other opinions on how customers ought to engage and what questions they ought to ask their MSP, I think that's a it's a good thing to be aware of that, right? The more aware we are, the better informed, the more um, intelligent we can be about what uh, public sentiment is related to MSPs. And I had, by the way, just as a side note, I had a great conversation with a insurance broker um, this week, and we had a a spirited, uh, he called it a spirited um, discussion. Right? I, I think he was commenting about my... Um, my outrage meter uh, may have uh, gone into medium mode, but we, we were having a good discussion and and we're, it's a friendly conversation. So I think we were just both animated about the topic, but we were talking about the, the insurance industry's view of MSPs from a risk standpoint. And that, that topic very much um, aligns itself with um, with this topic of you know the types of questions customers ought to be asking their managed service providers, 
and, and really I'm looking at this more from a what questions customers ought to ask a MSP before they engage, right? Before the agreement is signed, these are things I suppose you could ask of your existing MSP, but at, at that point it's, it's a little, I don't say too late, but you know, the, the, the time is for when you're about to select a, an MSP to work with, what things should you ask? What things should you know before you make that decision? So let's dive right in. I will say this. So I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've thought about the different ways to to present this material. I'm going to go through the article, and then I'm going to I'm going to go through the the author's list, and I'm going to give you my own list of things uh, because some of the things that they they the author suggests I agree with, and some things I don't. And so I wanted to give you guys ultimately um, a, a punch list of the things that that. I think are really critical to ask an MSP. Um, so let's uh, let's just dive right in. the 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 uh, The title of the the article is "What Should Customers Ask Managed Service Providers?" And in the beginning, it goes through a uh, a quick you know bullet list of the traditional, the typical benefits that are associated with using a MSP um, delivering managed services. And most of these I agree with, but I think it's really helpful to go through these and I'll do it quickly. So some of the benefits include, but are not limited to, and, the, and, he, and they go on from there. Mostly predictable costs, including less burden on capital expenditure and pay-as-you-go models. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would agree with that. Although I don't think many MSPs like to go with cost-cutting. Um, uh, but but predictability of cost is definitely a benefit of of managed services and working with an MSP. No no disagreement there. Um, dedicated and informed subject matter experts, especially for compliance requirements and staff augmentation during a response. I definitely agree with the subject matter expertise. I don't really like the connotation here of staff augmentation because that has that that is not that's not how I would describe the the benefit of the MSP with the customer is the staff augmentation yeah I mean you're getting extra people that's that's part of part of it but staff augmentation staffing is is a different business model that is not at all um, to be confused with managed services so maybe it's just a uh, curious uh, wording there, but uh, you know that's just my 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 personal opinion. Um, third, access to advanced technology and scalable solutions with reduced investment. Definitely agree with that. Improved downtime response and restoration. I again, it could be just a a curious you know this this particular author's phraseology, but I don't I don't like the way that that's phrased. Improved downtime response. That insinuates, as I read it, that the that the that the MSP is largely in a in a break fix and a reactive or a cleanup mode. And while this may 
this is a benefit, right? An MSP is going to be faster to identify and respond to a in-scope problem with a customer compared to a customer dealing with a break, fix, or reactive provider who will, by necessity, in almost all the cases, have a, a more prolonged, greater amount of time, reaction time, and response time and restoration time just by, by virtue of the, the difference of that type of a relationship. What, what, I, what I kind of object to is that the author didn't even talk about what I think is a huge benefit of, of managed services, and that is the uptime, right? It, it's not that it's guaranteeing that you will never get hit. It's not guaranteeing that you're not going to have an outage because, you know, even cyber attacks aside, stuff fails, right? Technology fails. Um, mistakes happen. Um, so th- there are any number of things that could be out of control of both MSP and customer that could impact that customer's uh, IT uh, resources. And But nevertheless, the MSP relationship does bring a higher likelihood of that IT asset being available and having uptime access. And yeah, if it goes down, the MSP will be faster to respond to it. But uh, it's just, again, a curious thing that this author you know, honed in on, on downtime response. I look at it as uptime availability that is just you know, um, necessary, if not critical, for many businesses today. Um, and then lastly, last benefit, around-the-clock coverage, depending on what level of investment you're willing to make. Yeah, all right, so all these things are good benefits. Yeah, uh, the reader makes a compelling case for managed services. I like it, right? Now, then the the author goes into, all right, so here are the benefits. Now, before you pick your MSP, you got to ask some questions and you need to know some information before you can make an informed decision. And the author's uh, first uh, point, and I agree with this definitely, is the agreement. Read what's in the contract. Now, um, we've had our, our friend Rob Scott on the program many, many times. Um, those of you who've been to MSP World before have heard Rob or, or Julie, his, his law partner, talk um, on a variety of, of topics related to law and managed services. But in the end, I think we have done a really good job over many, many years of encouraging the use of contracts, the intelligent use of contracts that appropriately allocate risk between customer, external service provider, and MSP alike. And that one simple concept, I say simple, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to implement for a variety of reasons, but it's a simple concept to articulate and to to uh, you know consider in your in your mind is a worthy goal to uh, to to achieve. Doesn't mean it's going to necessarily happen, but but you need to have a good agreement, a fair agreement, and if you are a customer looking for an MSP, you ought to expect that from a from from your MSP. If your MSP says uh, I don't have an, an agreement. Um, you know, why don't we just shake hands and let, let's just proceed? 
I would walk away. I would walk away immediately. Because if they don't even have their, their stuff together to have an agreement to, to articulate what services they will deliver to you, what their responsibilities are, what your responsibilities as a customer are, yeah. If you as a customer think you have no responsibility in working with an MSP, you're wrong. You, you probably have no business engaging with an MSP if that's, that's your mindset because that's not a good mindset at all to go into uh, that type of a relationship. But you, you ought to expect your MSP to be able to give you a contract. You ought to expect that that contract does articulate what will happen if the MSP makes a mistake that, that you didn't cause and that, that the agreement should stipulate what will happen in that situation. And I will say this, do not be surprised if that MSP, if you're talking to a, a good MSP who uses a good updated contract, do not be surprised if that agreement mentions your, your customer responsibility. And if something should happen that is not the MSP's fault, not an external service provider's fault, but it's your fault, you the customer's fault, that agreement might just talk about things that are not covered. It just might talk about things that you have to bear the responsibility for. And don't look at that as a badly written contract because that's what... That's what we in the managed services profession are and have been advocating and talking about for 20 plus years as a best practice for managed service providers and customers alike is to have this fair, equitable agreement that, that talks about risk and allocates that risk appropriately. All right, read the contract, number one. That's what the author says. I agree with it uh, wholeheartedly. I have another kind of a general starting point, you know, maybe even before you get to the contract, is is alignment. And, the, and this is uncovered through a series of questions that are kind of soft profile questions that, that you as a customer should ask your MSP. And it, it's separate from the agreement. It's separate from the terms and conditions. It's separate from the cost. It's separate from the, the you know, how long of a term commitment you're talking about. All of these things are, are kind of ancillary. Alignment is, are you going to get along with this MSP? Not just the individual, the salesperson, but the people. Is there a cultural fit? Is there a business climate fit? Do you get along? And the, I, I don't have a punch list of those questions, but, but they, they will uncover themselves throughout a conversation where you're asking about, you know, how they run their organization, um, you know, how they deliver their services, how they look at security, how they look at, you know, the customer responsibilities. These things will really play into their ethos behind managed services and how they view you, the customer. And it's important for you to extract that information from your your MSP prospect because. You could have all the, all the other things on paper could look great, but if you don't get along and there's no shared alignment of goals and values in in that business relationship, it, you know everything else won't matter because it's it's not going to fit, and, and ultimately that that matters incredibly. Um, 
the the author then goes on and and you know of course risk related questions are going to be relevant in any conversation and any series of questions that a, a customer asks an MSP um but here the author is taking a certain perspective and I will try to fairly represent that and then I will give you what my perspective is and I will try to fairly represent that and then you can make your decision. Um, in, in essence, the, the author in the, in, the, in the third section, in the third series of questions that, that should be asked is, who who is fixing basically it's it's who is looking at the who is looking at the the MSP infrastructure and the the author references like the solar winds attack on MSPs and it it mentions you know Risk assessments, uh, business continuity themes, recovery uh, time of the MSP and yours and the MSP recovery time, and it's 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 talking about basically you know uh, how important is the MSP going to place your company in a in an environment where you are one of many customers. Now, I I understand their point of asking this and and raising this question. What I, what I reject wholeheartedly is that in some way the MSPs are unique in their risk compared to a break-fix company who may also have a, a, a wide number of customers. And it, in no way does a break-fix or reactive IT company who doesn't have ongoing access to a customer environment, there, there's, there's no guarantee that that break-fix company is going to, in a timely fashion, get to your problem if you are hacked or breached or you have a, you've suffered an, an outage of some sort, you know, there's no, there's no guarantee they're going to get to you in a timely fashion anyway. The, the MSP at least can stipulate response times. Uh, generally, they don't do recovery time SLAs anymore because it's, it, it's impractical, it's impossible. But they can say, hey, look, we'll, 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 get to, we'll respond to the issue and we'll start working on it within a, when a, uh, within a period of time, right? Generally, a ticket response time uh, metric of some sort is very common these days. Um, but I thought it was just an interesting take on, you know, the, the author does acknowledge the, the global risk that everybody's facing today. And um, so I largely agree with that. Um, the, the author then goes on and talks about the, the, the attacks on MSPs. And in the end, he, the, the author makes an interesting comment. Uh, it talks about supply chain attacks and says, MSPs are just another piece of that same supply chain. If an actor, if a bad actor that is, feels the best vector to you is through an MSP, that's the route they will take. Now, there's nothing wrong or inaccurate with that, but let me put it in context. The last sentence says, if an actor, if a bad actor feels that the best vector to you, i.e. the customer, is through an MSP, that's the route they will take. I would rephrase that. 
you, the customer, are the target. You are always going to be the target. You have always been the target. You are the endpoint. You possess the data. That's who they're going through. The MSP is not the easiest path, but as we saw in the last two years, there are exploits that the bad actors will attempt because there are some unique um, benefits um, historically, I don't believe those be- those benefits maintain today. I don't. I think that they're largely going away. Um, but you know, going to an MSP that has an install base, if you if you attack the MSP, then the theory is you get all the customers. That theory is not that simple, nor is it entirely accurate. Right? It do- it is not a foregone conclusion that if you breach an MSP, that you're going to get all of their customers. The Kaseya uh, security attack that um, we we saw last year um, demonstrably proved, and, and we we talked to a lot of of MSPs that use Kaseya, and they were they the MSP and their customers were operational even though they had to take certain elements of the Kaseya um, legacy software offline. Let me rephrase. They had to take the legacy Kaseya on-premise version of the software offline. The 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 cloud-based, the the SaaS-based Kaseya uh, applications remained operational. Um, I think they had a brief outage and then they were brought back online pretty fast. But we talked to MSPs throughout that whole time period, and and they they remained operational. The good ones remained operational. Yeah, they, they were aware of it. They made the necessary changes because they were prepared for these types of business disruptor events and they had trained for it and they uh, put their training to practice and they, they made their way through a difficult period and they helped their customers also do the same. Without breach, I might add, without successful breach, there's no data exfiltrated. Now, it didn't happen for everybody. I, I, I admit that there were some situations where um, that, that data was uh, or, or a network was compromised. But it, it's, it's too simplistic to simply say, oh, well, you're an MSP, therefore the risk is associated with you. No. And this gets back to my, 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 uh, my vigorous uh, discussion with that insurance broker. Because the the insurance industry views MSPs in the same way. They view the MSP as possessing the risk, to which I responded. And I would say this to a customer looking at and talking to an MSP. Um, No, there's not risk to engaging an MSP. Just like there's no risk to me hiring an armed guard to patrol and guard the bank vault if I'm a bank owner. Well, but the armed guard is going to be the person that the bad guys are going to try to take out first. Well, yeah, because that's the a primary line of defense. Just like they're, the bad guys are going to try to take out the closed circuit TVs in the bank. Because they're dangerous? No, because... That's a defense mechanism that the bank has put in place to stop bad guys. 
the bad guys are going to go to the defensive mechanisms first. And I hate to say it, but MSPs are a primary, if not one of the best and sometimes the only defense mechanism that, that organizations have. And that's my view. And I know, I know some of you may say, well, that's, that's, that's not the whole story. But I understand that. But that's, that's my analysis. It's also my analysis that should you remove the MSP, right? If you want to, if you want to prove the theory of the MSP can, is the entire risk uh, element here, well, just remove the MSP and see what happens. Are all breaches, are all cyber attacks on end users going to stop because all the MSPs vanish and go away? No. They're going to increase because you just left the bank vault door wide open. Yeah, so we know MSPs don't contain the risk. That doesn't mean MSPs can't have risk if they're not performing the way they should or if they're not really an MSP, but they're really a brick-fix company. I've made my piece on that a long time ago. You guys know my opinion and perspective on that. But, you know, MSPs have a role to play, a very important role. And so it's important to ask them questions to make sure that you're really talking to an MSP. I agree with that. But I wouldn't start off the discussion by saying, you know, why can I trust you because you're at risk? No, no. I would say, tell me why you're a proactive managed service provider instead of a reactive brick-fix company. Like, that, that would be a doozy of a question. I wish every customer ought to ask their prospective MSP that. Tell me why you're an MSP and not just a brick-fix reactive shop in MSP's clothing. That would be a really interesting answer to hear. I would want, I would legitimately want to know. Because if I really wanted to find out what my risk is in working with that quote-unquote provider, yeah, I would first want to know, are you really an MSP? Or are you something else? Then the author at the, at the end says, you know, provides his laundry list of questions. Um, and, and some of these are really good, right? So these are, again, from the end user standpoint. What are my responsibilities? Fantastic question. What are, as a consumer, as a, as a consumer of your managed services, MSP, what do I have to do? If the MSP says, you don't have to do anything, we'll do everything, big red flag. This is a shared responsibility. And a good contract, a good managed services contract, ought to personify that, ought to state that explicitly. You as a customer will, should, have responsibilities in this. You cannot shift all of the risk off of yourselves onto somebody else. What can the MSP guarantee? Um, I don't think that that's a reasonable request. This is not a, uh, you know, 
I, I don't know any guarantee that the MSP can can offer. They can offer best uh, best best guess. They can offer best attempts. They can offer um, you know sequential things like if this happens, then we will do this, 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 and this. Um, but in terms of guaranteeing uptime, if that's what this author is suggesting, I, I, I don't think that we're in that era anymore. That's more of the circa 2000 web hosting, you know, um, business era. And we just don't, we don't associate that type of SLA concept with, with MSPs anymore. The follow-up question here is what are the service level agreements? Again, this is more of a hosting and a SaaS, uh, type of uptime question, the the MSP is not in the uptime guaranteed business because the MSP doesn't control all of the elements. There are so many different things: external service providers, you know, you know, ISPs, um, external data centers, web hosts, cloud providers, what have you. That the MSP just can't take on all that risk. Should not take on all that risk. Um, where does the MSP store data or perform services? Oh. Bingo. If, you, if you're a customer and you ask your MSP that and the MSP doesn't give you something like an MSP verify report um, or some similar type of report, um, you know, I, I, I would be shocked. I, I wouldn't say don't work with them, but I wouldn't just ask the question and then expect the response. If they give you a response, I would say, Great. Do you have any documentation around that? Because I'd want to know. I don't want to just hear a salesperson's response. I want to know, do you really understand where the data resides? Like, I want to know what your, your exposure is. It's, it's really part, part of it's a data privacy question, but it's also part of it as a security and a risk analysis question. Really good to ask that question. Where do you store the data? or perform the services. And that gets, see that? Where does the MSP store data or perform services? For those of you who think that you don't own a data center and you don't need to be certified, and where do you perform the services? That's also a legitimate question and topic for certification. You have been warned. Um, are my recovery re requirements met in a worst case scenario? I, I guess I don't understand what that's getting at. Um, worst case scenario. Um, I suppose there could be different levels of response if that's what they're uh, insinuating. Um, and different MSPs approach that differently. But again, uh, probably a good thing to, to talk to you about your, your MSP. Have I performed a financial analysis? Um, if, if you're talking about the customer, that's a really big, really big topic. Like you ought to have done some sort of review of your IT assets and what they mean in terms of operational status. Like what happens to your business if the, if the infrastructure goes down? Like if you're a web store and you run a web store and you have an e-commerce platform, you might, you might want to invest a lot more in that than you would, let's say, if you're a uh, mostly on-premise, you know, in-person services business, and you only tangentially rely on technology for you know email or what have you. Um, what are my backup plans if this MSP cannot continue offering services or if they go out of business? Oh, 
If they give you their MSP Verify report, go check out Objective 10 because that'll answer all of your questions related to the MSP going out of business and contingency planning. Um, and, and, and that's and the last one. This is the, the real big one. Is a threat actor likely to target the MSP? And if they are attacked, how does that impact me? A good question I would expand it to not just the MSP, but any vendor that you use. Because guess what? All of those vendors that you use today, they're all at risk. They're all capable of exploiting and opening up a hole directly to you. The only difference is only one of them, the MSP, has a job which includes protecting you. Give this article a read. Check out my list, compare them, add to your own list. But be reasonable, be forthright, and expect good answers. And this will help you a lot in your um, search and hopefully your um, acquisition of working with a managed service provider. Hope this helped. Until next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.